The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for joining us again as we take time together in God's Word. Greatly appreciate uh, the privilege to be part of your day, and we hope as we look into God's Word, this will be a help and encouragement in the midst of everything going on. We're in the book of 2 Corinthians right now. Uh, Whether you're following along, watching this live at 11, or whether you're watching this later in the day, or listening to the audio format, and if if you are looking for the audio format, uh, it is not under my name or under church name. Uh, The audio format's called Source of Truth. We believe the Bible is the source of truth. That's the name of the podcast. Uh, so look up Source of Truth, um, and you'll find that on pretty much every podcast platform, and you can follow us that way. Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, Paul's walking through again, writing this letter to the church of Corinth, and, and he's giving instruction. Now what he's doing is really, he, he, there's three kind of major sections when it comes to him. He's speaking about himself as, a, as an apostle, as a preacher, uh, but he's really challenging the church to understand his motive and what he's doing. But more than that, the motive of every Christian. He's he's explaining his heart and his calling, but he wants them to understand that while his calling is unique in the apostolic age as an apostle, as as an office that doesn't exist anymore, it simply existed in this time, now he's coming to the church and said that there is a reason behind what I do and a reason behind the fact that Everybody in the church, everybody, every believer of Christ should be engaged in what we're going to look at over the next couple episodes. He'll talk about the, the reason, the, the, the call to what we do, the change that Jesus brings. He talks about the, the commission that we have. We'll talk about that in the next couple episodes. But let's, I'm going to read the verse we finished with yesterday for some context because uh, there's a phrase in there. He says in verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. A lot of times, because we're talking about the judgment seat of Christ, that's the phrase we focus on, which there's a legitimacy behind it. We, we do work based upon the fact that we will stand before God, and we should not take that lightly. But here, here's another thing we look at. He says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, he says in the second phrase, we persuade men but are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. We persuade men. He goes, knowing therefore the reality of what's going on, we persuade men. And there's kind of a twofold purpose behind that. One, we're going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account. We're going to get rewarded for our works. Therefore, we need to be persuading men about the love of Christ, about the truth of Jesus Christ, about all of these different things. We need to be engaged in that. And so he meant reference is a very important reason. That is our calling. That is our commission. That is the reason God has allowed us in this earth. We're not here to make money or just to get a, a nice things. And praise the Lord, God allows us to do those things, and it's part of life. But ultimately, we are left here as Christians to to be tools of Christ to influence the world and tools of Christ to be part of the transformation of other people. He calls us the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Uh, and that's what we're here for. And he says that's, that's kind of, we, we persuade men. Knowing this, seeing the eternal reality that what we're doing here is minimal. What we do here in this life is so temporary. We can have the greatest retirement. We can have the nicest home. And again, great to have those things. But if that's our goal, we miss out on really the major purpose. This all is very temporary. Seeing the eternal perspective, we should be as much in the persuasion of men as we are in the making of money. 
things of that nature. Then he continues on in verse 12. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to the glory on, on, on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them, which glory in appearance and not in heart. So he says we commend. We're not bragging on ourselves again unto you. He said, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he was, he was criticized, people saying, well, this is all about you. This is about your church. And please remember, Paul is writing the Bible. I mean, God is writing it, but using the human author, He's living it and writing down what God has told him to write down. So, you know, we today, when we teach the Word of God, when I teach the Word of God, I don't go back and say, this is my opinion. should never do that. I go to the Word of God and say, the Bible says this. This is what God has said. And so that it's easy for me to go back. We go through the Bible. We teach the Bible. It's not my opinion. In those days, it was a little bit easier, if you could say, to criticize, because Paul, Paul is creating this new idea and in the apostolic age was very different. And so he could have looked and said, this is all about you. It wasn't, but that could have been a criticism. And he said, that's not the premise here. We do not, we're not here to brag on ourselves. We're here now, we're here for you to glory, glory on what we've done. We are serving on behalf of the church. And you can see that work being accomplished through us. Verse 13, for whether we be beside ourselves, it is to be, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for this cause. What in the world is he talking about? Beside ourselves, sober, whether we are crazy or whether we are sober. It's kind of the simplistic way to look at it. Some people would criticize us for having given up a life or following after this Jesus or living a life of persecution. Really, everything they're doing has been under attack by the religious elite, by the Roman rulership of the day. People just were against him. And so people thought, man, you are crazy to keep doing this. I mean, he was persecuted massively, and yet he kept at it. So whether, and, and even in the lesson, what he's teaching, whether people think we're crazy or whether it is for God, that's, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Whether we are crazy, sober, whatever you want to think, this is for God. The perspective is fine with that. Then he says in verse 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. He goes, all these things, we are not breaking on ourselves. Whether we are crazy or sober, no matter what people want to think, the love of Christ constraineth us. He goes, oh, it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter the perspective of the world because we understand the cause, the, the love of Christ. Now, I want you to catch this before we continue in this verse. In our day, it's very, the thinking is very similar to this day where Christianity, the thinking of Christianity, um, is really considered crazy, is really considered um, uneducated, foolish, simple. That's what the world wants to believe. And in any position we hold that is counterculture, man, that's considered intolerant. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I think we need to be loving in how we approach it, but we need to be, we need to be comfortably bold where we stand. Why? Because the love of Christ constraineth us. Even though the world doesn't understand it, and often the world mocks it, Satan's using that to, to get his message across, but ultimately it doesn't matter because we have a greater message, and it's the love of Christ that constrains us. We, we have been changed to the love of Christ. We have a message for the world that is greater than the world's message that brings true hope, true freedom, all those things, and Satan and doesn't want that to get out. So don't be overwhelmed by the fact that sometimes the world doesn't understand where you stand. Don't be overwhelmed by the fact that sometimes the world doesn't understand your thinking of going to church and all of the things you do and the positions you hold. Because we're not constrained by the way that the world understands us. We are driven by God's love. And that's what we hold to. The love of Christ constraineth us. What? Because we thus judge that if one, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Now that one, what in the world is he talking about? It, since the Bible teaches us in Romans that Christ died for all, which he did, then we're all dead. What's the point? Well, the Bible says in Romans, for the wages of sin is death. Everybody must, unfortunately, the punishment that we're all sinners and that punishment is death. 
We are condemned to die because of it. He says, if one died for all, since Jesus has already died for all, that punishment has already been paid. We are all dead. We're not dead, but that punishment that's necessary has already been taken care of. He's talking about the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Since Jesus went to the cross and he died and bled in our, in our place, since he's already done that and he died for everybody, then everybody, his other punishment has already been paid. Don't you understand that? Jesus has already paid the, the substitutionary price for everyone. Whether they get saved or not, whether they believe it or not, whether they put their trust in, in Jesus, doesn't matter. They've already been given, offered that gift. That's why it's a gift. I mean, literally, it's like somebody offering you a ticket to a place you want to go, and it's right out there. All you got to do is take it and go, and you say, I don't know. Is it real? You can go through and argue it all. That's simply what it is. It's a gift. And Jesus has already paid for it. The, the purchase price for salvation and eternity has already been paid for every human that will ever be born, who will ever walk the earth. It's already done. Everybody's already been covered. They, whether they accept it or not is the question. So I ask you the question, if you're watching or listening to this, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I didn't ask you if you were baptized, been to church. That doesn't matter, right? Those are things you do after salvation. Have you, in your life, acknowledged your sin, repented of your sin, and turned to Jesus, repented of your sin, asked him to forgive you, and to come into your heart? And Romans 10 talks about all of that. If you haven't, you can do that, even today, because the, your gift is already, you don't have to work for this. The Bible says, not by works as any man should boast. This has been offered to you. And this is the calling. This is what drives Paul, drove Paul, excuse me. This is what should compel us. Verse 15, he says this, and that he that died for all, this is Jesus, that they which live should not live, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So he goes, and that he, Jesus, since Jesus has died for all of us, we uh, that live, we that have been saved, and talk about live, outside of Christ, we're dead. Our bodies are dead on the way to hell. We that have been regenerated, have been brought to new life through Jesus Christ, should live understanding that that's the calling of every Christian. He says it right here to the church of Corinth. It's still true for us today in 2023, that whoever has come to Christ, we have a new life. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. He gives more details in a couple of verses what that looks like. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. But we've been given this new life. That should compel us to live in light of that new life. And we'll talk more about what that means tomorrow. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you'd love to know more about it, reach out to us. Right now, I'm still at Ben Salem Baptist Church, uh, bensalembaptist.org. Love a chance you can email us, ask us questions. Love a chance to be able to answer any questions you might have on this and give us a chance to maybe uh, walk you through Scripture. What does the Bible say about this? Thanks again for joining us today, giving us the wonderful opportunity uh, to be part of your day, to be part of your life. We hope it's a help. We believe the Bible's got the answer for everything. It is truly the source of truth today and that we can find our strength and our hope in it. We hope, thanks for joining us today. We hope you continue to join us again tomorrow.